Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to the Daily Daf Differently. I am Gail Diamond, and today we are studying Daf Kuf Tet Vav, 115 in Tractate Pesachim. I'm picking up here with some thoughts at the end of this daf, where Rabba says, Bala matza yatsa, bala maro lo yatsa. Bala matza umaro, yede matza yatsa, yede maro lo yatsa. What is this about? It seems to be about swallowing a substance whole that is without chewing and without tasting. If you do that with matzah, you are okay for the mitzvah, v'tzivanu al achilat matzah. It's okay to swallow matzah. You just have to ingest the substance. But if you swallow the maror whole without tasting it, you have not fulfilled your obligation. The question here is why? And Rashi enlightens us by saying that it's possible that somebody would swallow the maror without having tasted the maror and that this is not okay. Somehow the taste of maror, that taste of bitterness, has got to be part of our experience of the mitzvah al-achilat maror. Now, of course, we, we related to the whole question in the previous daf about whether the mitzvah of maror needs a kavanah, where you ha- whether you have to intend to eat that bitter herb in order to fulfill your obligation. And we saw that according to Reish Lakish and also Rabbi Yossi, you had to have that intention to fill the mitzvah of eating maror. It's not enough just to to chew and swallow even a bitter substance. Without the bracha that says, I am now eating this maror, the mitzvah of maror is not fulfilled. And so in some ways, this passage, uh, this teaching by Rabbi, on Daf 115 makes total sense in conjunction with what we saw in Daf 114. That is, we have to taste that mar, we have to taste the experience of bitterness. The matzah, for whatever reason, it can go into our stomachs and maybe it's the way that it nourishes or doesn't nourish us, or we might say the way it sticks up our stomachs and doesn't help us get nourishment. Um, that is the experience of eating lechem oni, the bread of poverty, or as we'll see, it could mean a few other things as we go on in the page. Um, but the experience of maror has to be that experience of tasting bitterness. Now, they go on to talk about whether each person gets their own place setting of all the different foods, concluding uh, that uh, some conclude yes, everybody needs, and uh, uh, Rabbi Huna says only the materials need to go in front of the person who's reading the Haggadah. That's the person who's got to have all the symbolic foods in front of them. And then they go on to say, what about removing the table? And why indeed do we remove the table? Lama okrin et 
The custom of removing the table refers to a small table that apparently each person had a small table in front of them. So we ask who had the symbolic foods in front of them. And then we ask who has the table removed for them. And when we ask why do we remove the table, we remove the table so that the young children will see that something different is going on and ask. And then we come to a story that Abaya used to go before Rabba. And in one of the commentaries I saw, they said Abaya used to go before Rabba as a young child. I'm really not sure about that here. It just says Abaya used to go before Rabba. He saw that they took the table from in front of him, and he said, we haven't even eaten yet. Why are you taking away the table? And with that, Rabbi answered him, we now do not have to recite Manishtana because you have asked the question, why is this night different from all other nights? You've asked, why did they take the table? And that's the kind of question that we're trying to engage young people or even older people in asking when we do strange things like removing the table on Pesach. Now, of course, in our day, we have much bigger tables. And it's not just us. Rashi had bigger tables, Rashbam had bigger tables, Tosafot had bigger tables. And they all say we don't have to remove these big tables from in front of the speaker. Rather, today, we, make, uh, we do this kind of mitzvah by removing the Seder plate. So people can ask, why is it there? Why is it not there? Lifting up and putting down and so forth to... Um, to engage and encourage questions. And that goes all the way back to Rashi, that Rashi says, So you don't have to remove the plate from every person um, when you start the Haggadah. Only in front, of, in front of the main person who is reciting the Seder do you remove the plate from in front of them. So again, it seems almost as though some of our customs of putting the Seder plate there, removing the Seder plate, and so forth, developed over a period of time from what the original custom was, which was something completely different. It was something really weird that stood out when, when a person who hadn't eaten suddenly had the foods removed from in front of them. That seems to be Akirata Shulchan, as it was known at this time. There's one more very fascinating piece at the end of this daf. Um, where Shmuel says that lachem, lechem oni uh, means lechem sh'onim alav dvarim. Or even uh, in the, in the Tanaitic teaching, lechem sh'onim alav dvarim arbe. So that the bread of poverty, as we might uh, literally translate it, becomes midrashically a different kind of bread. It's the bread of answers. It's the bread for which we answer all the questions. If we look at the Seder as it exists now, we say a passage in Aramaic, halach ma'anya, right before the four questions. Without the matzah in front of us, uh, we can't tell the story. The matzah itself and all the things around us in the meal give rise to the questions. And the matzah is the bread over which we tell the answers, we tell the story, um, we provide explanations to our children, not only about uh, the strange customs of the meal, but even perhaps more so about who we are and what we're doing all gathered together each Pesach at the Seder. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros, from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.